Governor, a podcast that's a bigger failure than Blade Runner 2049. You know, they were they presented you a good movie, and you just you just don't. Ugh. Hello and welcome to another episode of Hello Governor the podcast. I'm your host um, Abdullah, and I'm joined by my. Yeah, and I'm joined by my ever lovely co-host Tom. And um, how does it feel to um, to record an episode without talking about Ducktales in the first forty minutes? Feels strange. <laughs> I'm not used to it. <laughs> I want more Duck Ducktales. God damn it! <laughs> I do too. It's like, but the reason I'm mentioning Ducktales is because two of the cast members from that show have been announced for the newest TMNT show, which is oh. Rise, of, Rise, of the new T- Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles, which, lengthy title, I know, but, eh, whatever. At least they bothered giving it a title instead of just like, oh, it's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles again. And again. <laughs> and again. <laughs> like, it's so hard to, I mean, if you Google, like, um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you'll get, like, results for the 80s cartoon, the 2012 cartoon, the 2003 cartoon and the 2000, 2014 live action movie. Yeah, it's just got to the point now when you, it's kind of like Transformers in that sense. Like, okay, which one are you talking about? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can't just say, oh, you remember that Transformers cartoon? Which one? At least with, tra- at least with Hasbro, like, um, subtitles, the new, the newer Transformers series, or it's like Transformers yeah. Animated, Transformers Prime. Transformers, the robots in disguise, and yada yada. Armada, yada. yeah, Armada, Cybertron, Energon. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, TMNT doesn't do that. Yeah. Oh, it's it, it, I'm not gonna lie, it's a pain. But <laughs> well, to be fair, there's only been how many incarnation, like four TV shows max at the moment. This this will be the officially be the fifth one. Yeah, and. Um, it's got a lot of heads turning, and for good reason. I can understand some of the complaints, but at the same time, some of the complaints are stupid as well. Yeah. I mean, it's like, they reveal the cast, and the cast is not that bad, to be honest. It's actually quite a decent cast with very good with a very good voice cast. Uh, I already love the fact that Ben Schwartz is voicing Leonardo. I'm like, yes, that is perfect casting right there. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah, and I think I think he he's he's much better fit for the role than Seth Green was. I'm sorry. Yeah, and I also just, I just don't I think, like I didn't like Seth, Seth Green as Leonardo. I I think the thing as well was that um, that I I like about this as well is that everyone that's in the cast for this version of the show seemed like they would fit the role quite well. And I think, like you said, with with Leonardo, it's like I find it quite funny that he voices uh, a character. That wears blue, and now he's voicing Leonardo, who's also wears blue. Also, um, <laughs> technically, uh, Leonardo actually worked for Donatello in the latest DuckTales episode. I know, it's bizarre. <laughs> it's bizarre. Because, uh, what was it, Jason, was it, I, I can't remember the last dude's last name. Um, the guy who voices Mark Beeks is voicing Donatello, which again is another fantastic casting choice. Yeah, oh god, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Um, there's some interesting criticism which I thought. I'm just thinking to myself. 
why are some people complaining about this stuff? It's like one of them I noticed. Have you heard about the news about with April O'Neil? I'm kind of I'm this one. She's, I... she's going to be African American. I know. Uh, Josh Bernier. That's the guy's name. Josh Bernier. Yeah. And uh, uh, but back to the to the um, to the April thing. Um, I don't know how I feel about that personally because. She's meant again. If if you're into the lore of TMNT, he's always been Irish American. Yeah, and you know, changing her to to be African American is just oh boy. It's trying to be PC for the sake of being PC, but at the same (laughs) at the same time, I'm like, well, I give them credit; they're doing something new, at least. So. I mean, I, I'll I'll just wait and see how her character looks, and yeah. if I like it, I like it, and if I don't, I'm just gonna have to live with it, just like how I learned to live with um, 2012 April for all those years. <laughs> I hope hope to God they don't do what they do with every single female black character at the moment. I notice in multiple different medias is that basically give her a black afro. Have you uh, noticed that? Yeah, Which we already, we already, we already talked about that when it came to Domino. That was terrible. Yeah, I just hope, hope they give her an interesting character design. Um, I'm because they're going back to a 2D animation style, so it's going to be interesting. I hope it's not, it's not animated in Flash or anything like that. I, I hope it's, I hope the animation is fluid. I hope they yeah. use Toon Boom because Toon Boom is just fantastic for animating, animating shows that are fluid. Are those the people who did that? Um, was that special back a few months ago um, with the turtles inside the um, mechs and stuff like that for on the Teenage Mutant Turtle Facebook page? I actually want to see a full animated series of that because I like that premise a lot. Where it's like it's the future, you have mutants and and, and humans living together, yeah, and and then you have the this new incarnation of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <coughs> And they are, what was it, trained by Mikey? Yes. Mikey, Mikey, Splinter, and they're all human. Yeah. And I think that's such a fantastic concept. I wish that was picked up for a series. Yeah. Well, the thing is that I hope that animation style is for this TV show. Because if it is, I'd be happy with that. You know what that short reminded me of? Um, what, what does... Uh, it reminded me a lot of Transformers Animated. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. Because it, yeah. it had the same, you know, cartoony style to it. Only, yeah. Only the animation is much more fluid because, again, this is like 10 years later than animation yeah. has gotten so much better since then. Yeah. I, I, if the animation's like that, I'd be happy with with the show going forward. I just, it's, I think it's what it's going to come down to is basically how they're going to animate it and how the designs are going to be yeah, at the moment. I, I'm, I'm hoping... I'm hoping the designs are at least. I'm hoping they keep some of the some of the aesthetic choices with, that they did with um, with the 2012 turtles. Which is what I liked about the 2012 turtles was they gave them individual body types. Yeah, and I like that a lot. I mean, and, I mean, you had like Leonardo who was more standard because he was the leader, and then you had Raphael who was like a bruiser. He had like half a, sh- you know, bits and pieces of his shell were cracked, and mm-hmm. you had like Michelangelo who was was more rounded and and yeah. fun loving. 
And he had then you had Donatello, 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 who was um, more more lanky. Yeah, more lanky and skinny, and because he was he's a nerd. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I mean. It's interesting because on the official press release for Nickelodeon, they they do describe what's what's going to be what in the show. Like Rafi's going to become the lead of the group, and he's going to be the bulkiest one. He's going to be the biggest guy. You know. And uh, Michelangelo Pan, he's not going to be changed largely. He's going to largely remain the same. Uh, Leonardo is described as the self-proclaimed coolest brother, so that's going to be interesting. Yeah, um, yeah, and, and and that's pretty much what's been said on the press release. And Donnie's Pan, is going to be not that changed much either from what what, what we've seen before. But it sounds like Leonardo and Ralph are going to have the biggest changes. And that's where the biggest controversy lies with this. Yeah. And I understand people's complaints, but at the same time, I'm getting so sick and tired of the whole of the whole. Oh, Raph is too hot headed, and he leaves the team. And then Leonardo's like, "Oh, you gotta be a team player," and yada yada yada. I've seen that done so many goddamn times in media now that it's just gotten so boring. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it, it literally is like Leonardo is literally taking a like. The original Raft's cool but rule attitude with it, from 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 what what we can interpretate it with this franchise of this version of it. I mean, he and, won't be he won't be hot headed. I I don't think that they will make him hot headed, but I would think that he would be he'd be more cocky and and more risk taking than the other turtles, which I think would yeah. create a lot of really good conflict. Because I'll be honest, one of my biggest complaints about Leonardo is that he does not have his personality outside of stoic leader. No, and and I think the thing with this, you can create a very cool character arc for him, for the first season at least, you know? Yeah. Or you can carry on for many long years. Like, basically, he starts off maybe, like you said, in the way he is, like he's the cool self-complaint, um, coolest brother, and basically he can be a bit bit of a show-off, bit of a hothead sort of thing. Well, not a too much of a hothead, but basically show-off and a bit arrogant. And then as the season progresses, or however long they want to carry, carry this on for, they can slowly turn him into a self-created leader in that sense, you know? And I think, and I think that would be much more better to have him earn the spot of being leader than, than, you know, have him be automatic leader. Yeah. And the thing is that they also said that they're not all the same age. They're all going to be different ages as well. Well, they're all teenagers still, but they're saying Ralph is going to be the oldest. Which I like because he's supposed to be the leader. Obviously he's going to be the oldest. Yeah. So I'm curious to see how that whole dynamic's going to work in that sense, you know? Also, um, uh, we got to mention the biggest um, biggest casting news. Uh, Rob Paulson is the uh, voice director for the series. So, I think that's perfect. Yeah, so, that... con- so congrats to him. I think that is just wonderful news. Is this Rob Paulson first directing Job. Yeah, yeah. First, yeah. first time voice directing, and um, I'm just so happy for the dude because he's been, he's been in the business for, God, how many decades now? He's been around since like the early '80s. Yeah, give or take, you know. <laughs> yeah, and, forty years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he's he's in his like '60s now, and and again, I I always like Rob Paulson. Rob Paulson is like one of like my top five. If there was a if there was a Mount Rushmore of voice actors, Rob Paulson is going to be on there, like hands down. Like my, that's my, yeah. That's that. That's how high I would rate him as a yeah. voice actor and, and an artist because he's done 
so much for the profession for God knows how many years now. Yeah, and he's casting, directing, and directors' characters as well. He's taking over from, um, oh God, what's her name? She retired earlier this year. Andrea Romano. Yeah, who did who was casting director for the for the current show that's on at the moment. So it's good. I think it's in good hand with Rob Paulson again, a guy who's been in the business for over four years, like we said, and also he's been in two carnations of the Turtles already as well. So you've got someone behind the wheel who has voiced the Turtle and been the Turtles for like twenty odd years, give or take. So he knows his way around or how the Turtles should be talking, acting, and being who they are. And I'm I'm just so happy from the footage they showed us that they're all recording together and not separately yeah. because I fucking hate that when when the voice actor records separately because that yeah. is bullshit. I'm sorry. Like I can understand in some cases why some people get recorded separately, but it's glad it's good to see that they're all together. They are recording stuff stuff together on this, and um, I mean I think the last turtle show they tried as much as they can to get them all together to record their lines as much as possible, and I think. This one, they're going to keep that formula true because I think with the whole relationship with all the brothers, if you can have all the voice actors in the same room while they're working together, you can get more of that chemistry going with them working off each other. And that's why I think you know, going back to shows like Beast Wars, the reason why I, the the reason why the sh- that the acting on that show was so great is because talk to any voice actor from that show, they'll say they had a lot of fun because they were there with with their co stars every day. Yeah, and. You know, I can I cannot imagine them giving the same performance as they gave if they were recorded if they recorded their lines separately. Yeah, because like um, when it comes to acting, just in general, it's like working off someone basically gives you a feel and emotion, and sometime working off someone basically they can say something to you and makes you feel a certain way, and it might bring out something in you that work even better. And I think this is why having Rob Paulson as the casting director where basically being the director for it for the voice actors as well he can get that performance out of him because he has that knowledge of being a turtle for being two turtles for that matter rough in the original show and the current the most current recent incarnation at the moment um as donatello you know and i, and I like that i think he should step step into a more mental role because like i said he he's getting older and when you get older you, you know, uh, you get you get less roles, which is yeah, which is sad, but that's how the business works. Because yeah. you get older, your voice changes, and it gets more hoarse, and you know people don't want you anymore. Which well, is I can true. imagine. I wouldn't be surprised if they use roles role um, Paulson at some point in the show, just doing a, maybe a one-off villain or something like that. You know, I, I would love to see that, and I mean, you know. And they already announced uh, Splinter is going to be voiced by Eric ba- Baza, the guy who does uh, Tiger Claw. I, yeah. Again, another good voice actor. And it's going to be an interesting version of Splinter if he's voicing him. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's, it's so surreal. Um, yeah. I, I think that's the one I'm going to be more most curious about because um, uh, the current, the previous voice actor, uh, I cannot pronounce his name because he's Korean. Uh, he did such a fantastic job as Splinter. I think he he is like the definitive Splinter now because yeah. I honestly cannot picture anyone else in the role right now. <laughs> yeah, he has such a demanding voice to him, and it, like I said, he did such a fantastic job voicing Splinter for for many years now, 
and it's going to be hard to match someone else in that role. But again, I'm just going to have to. We're just going to have to wait until some footage come out with them doing their lines. Let's see how it is. And they already announced that. Um, they already announced that uh, we're going to see character designs before the year is over. So probably, probably towards the end of this month or at the start of next month. I mean, it'd be kind of cool if it's like an early Christmas present sort of thing. They release them in December. Say, oh, here's an early Christmas present. Here you go. And they give they show the character signs of the four turtles, you know? Because, uh, cool. because from what I hear, the show isn't set to air until like fall of 2018. So it's going to be a while since we get another TMNT series off the ground, which... Oh, oh God, yeah. It, it is going to be a while. But at the same time, you know what? It'd be worth the wait and... I think it's kind of glad that the current show is actually getting a send-off and Nickelodeon are actually advertising Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles saying, look, final episode of this show. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm happy, you, you know. Because, because, it, because it's done so much for them. I mean, say what you will about Nickelodeon, but when they got the Turtles license, they've actually treated the property with respect. Unlike yeah. other people who get... Um, I like say Disney with what they did with Doug, where they just like, Ooh, like ouch, yeah. just uh, did not give a shit about that show. Yeah, I mean they they done a they done a good job. They respected the franchise, just not in cartoon form, but in other medium as well with their video game licensing, with their um, comic book licensing. By far, you just have to look at the comic books. If you haven't read them, go and read them. They are fantastically done at the moment. Um, but they have paid a lot of respect to the franchise and have done a fantastic job with um, getting the Turtles back into the mainstream, I, I feel. And because I was worried, like, because because TMNT, like, for those that don't know, used to be the longest-running uh, creator-owned series. But both creators, Peter Laird and, and Kevin Eastman, sold their rights to... Um, Eastman sold his rights to Laird because he wanted to focus on family it matters and Laird just could not keep up um, working on the com- could, could not keep up working on the comic by himself because again they're yin and yang you can't yeah. have one without the other so it kind of fell apart and he sold the rights to Nickelodeon in 2009 and to be fair it's a good home it's been a good home home from so far I mean Nickelodeon has treated the franchise very very respectfully and um, done good good jobs with it at the moment like, they haven't done much bad with it. it it's been more good than bad to be honest and 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 Kevin Eastman still to this day is writing TMNT in comic format which is great yeah well I mean there you go that's that's showing one sign of respect to the franchise by letting the original creators still write for it you know and he wrote and he wrote the Lone Rat and Cubs episode of the 2012 series. Yeah, he did. Yeah, that was actually quite a good episode. Now I remember about it. Yeah, and he's improved a lot as a writer. I mean, you read his early stuff; it's nah. But but as as I think as the years went on and he got older, he kind of realized that oh yeah, my old style of writing was kind of shit. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think back then that style of writing did kind of work but now basically like sitting mature and basically he has changed with the times that's why he's been such a good writer i feel and he's he's probably one of the sweetest persons you will ever meet at a convention i'll tell you that oh. right now oh god yeah I've, i met him i got i got my issue um my original teenage mutant in turtle number two signed by him so you know nice really nice guy and it's the original print, not the fucking re- yeah. reprint <laughs> it's original print yeah it was original print. <laughs> it was it was actually quite quite 
he was like, he, I remember when I went, went up to him and actually um, showed him the issue. Went, oh my god, you got one of them? And I went, yeah. And he's like, he's like, oh, how much did you get to pay on this? And I basically just told him. He went, oh, that's not too bad then. <laughs> he said, you want me to sign? I went, yes, please. And I, tr- I mean, trust me, the, those like original issues of Team Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles go for insane prices now because yeah. they are so rare. Yeah, the, the the weird thing, you know, you own original one one of the original prints of those comics because though the dimensions for those comic are the most bizarre dimensions you will ever see. Like they're bigger than a regular USA comic print, but smaller than a UK comic print. It's really really bizarre. The dimensions are very weird. And and I, I remember like going to a comic convention uh, back in March, and I found some old issues. But then I'm like, ah, god damn it, it's not the original; it's the reprint because it's yeah. smaller. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you ever see a weird size print version of the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comic app for a good price, grab it. That's all I'm gonna say. That's that's pretty much why I did. I got issue number two. Yeah, and it's a pretty cool cover too with the mouse. Uh, yeah, with the mouses basically reflecting, basically the turtles in the reflection of it. Yeah, really cool issue. Really cool cover. I mean, it's not as iconic as the original first issue, but, you, you know, it's still a pretty cool cover. Yeah. And that's probably going to, oh, God, that's probably going to go for a lot now if you decide to sell it because it's like original print signed by Kevin Eastman. Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah, like I said, obviously I'm keeping a hold of that for, for, for another probably few decades and then hopefully, you know, it goes up in value. <laughs> oh, it's gonna go up. It's probably up in value right about now because, again, like I said, they're they didn't print a lot of them, and the reason oh. and the reason because they looked so weird is because Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird started their own um, their own comic book printing uh, press. Yeah. So that's why they look so weird. Yeah. Well, I mean, they stand out, and I, I I can't I can't knock it. It's a very cool issue and very cool comics. So I'm I'm you know. I understand the people's complaints with uh, the new series, but I'm uh, but for the time being, I'm keeping an open mind until I see more of it, and then I can judge for myself. Yeah. I mean, it's always been a cartoon and a show that's always adapted with the times and always has changed, you know, and most of the time it has worked out. Sometimes it hasn't. Next Mutation, for example, but we're not going to get into that. But, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to see see what we get. I think the, I think the funniest thing about the entire series, the entire franchise as a whole, is when Peter Laird sold the rights to to Nickelodeon in two thousand nine. Is like you can do whatever you do, you, whatever you want with it. But I swear to God, if you make a female turtle in any new incarnation, I'm gonna get the rights back. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember reading about that. That was quite funny, actually. Um... But again, they didn't have a tongue-in-cheek moment with the current show with, um, with, um, oh god, who, who was the space alien girl that Ralph had a relationship with? Uh, Mona Lisa. Yeah, but that's their tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, but she's not a turtle, she's a reptilian. Yeah, I know, but at the same time, I'm like, well, you know, <laughs> that's the closest we're gonna get to it, you know. Yeah, and I mean, no female turtles and no V, because, you know, the next mutation was so terrible when they introduced a female turtle. Peter Laird just lost his shit and said, no more. <laughs> yeah, because that was trying to be, what was it? That was trying to be a sequel to the original films as well. <laughs> and, it, and it sucked because they wrote April off of the show and replaced her with a fucking female turtle. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> Didn't April appear in the pilot, though? No, she didn't. 
Treader Oh god, I haven't seen that show in years. I, I remember Treader was like two episodes of it or something. Yeah, it was in, only in like two episodes, and then he got written off and and then was replaced by fucking dragon bullshit. Oh god, yeah. Uh, uh, Saban, that's one thing, one project you should have not touched. <laughs> Sadly. Uh, I think the funniest thing, I think the only good thing that came out of that show was Scott McNeil, and that was it. Oh, God, him as the hunter. Yeah. <laughs> that was a brilliant episode. It was re- it was one of those episodes that you can watch, and you're just like, you know what he's in, and he's eating the scenery as much as possible, and he's loving it. I mean, he's the only actor who knows what type of show he's in, and he's having the absolute fucking best time of his life everyone else just looks bored and sh- and just like not having any fun but he's like i know guys and he's like the two-year-old kid like who who's like who entered the mall on christmas morning first you know <laughs> he's pretty much was a kid in a candy shop <laughs> yeah but I, again i'm gonna keep um optimistic about this new series and i'll give my i'll i'll talk about it more when we see more um when more news comes out of it so Mm-hmm. You know, gonna keep optimistic. Speaking of optimism, I don't know what's coming. Um, well, by the time we're recording this, like Sonic Forces will already be out. I mean, I know it already leaked out early copies and whatnot, but I've avoided I've avoided spoilers, so mm-hmm. you know. And because it's um, the day before the release, the reviews are up. Oh boy, um, it it's interesting the reviews because it's like it's like um it's like the Daywalker. It's like not quite bad, but not quite good. And people pretty much are like they're pretty much like how can I say? Basically, people loved Sonic Mania, Sonic Forces come out, and people are like. Um, should we go back to the old criticism ways we do with Sonic? I don't know. <laughs> and it feels like... Okay, this is the best way to describe it. I think the reviews that gave it positive reactions have been fair on it. But the ones that have really given it bad views sound like they didn't really gave a shit. Oh, the Polygon one is like my favorite review because he was just—he literally complained about boss, boss, the boss battles. Like, yeah, really? <laughs> Criticizing the pioneer was repetitive boss fights and felt that it did not um, advance the series design a pie, and they also took issue with the ranking system. Oh, gee, the- Polygon giving a game shit for ranking them poorly. Wow. <laughs> This is the whole point point with the ranking system in the game. You get good. I know. Then again, these are the same guys that fucked up playing Doom on easy, so, you know. <laughs> it's probably on the same company that had the issue with the Cuphead game. No, that was someone else. Okay, fair enough. Uh, but, they, okay. But, they, but they were in the same boat where they defended that bullshit where they're like, Oh no, guys, you know, stop being mean to us, okay? Oh, fuck off. Yeah. If your job is to, to write about video games and play video games for a living, then you better be fucking good at them. I'm sorry. 
Yeah. No, I mean, what was it? Nintendo, Pani Nintendo Life basically criticised thinking that the preview version of the game um, lacked focus and direction. Okay, Which... that's, just their, that's just their opinion. That is not... Yeah. That is not that is not a fault with the game. That's your opinion. Yeah, and also it also called the modern Sonic's gameplay dry and boring, and basically the avatar stages were afterthought. The custom made character for for that matter. Even though they play like classic Sonic levels. Yeah, I I think this is the problem with it. Um, Sega, this, this is just my personal take on Sega and Sonic Team with this game. They are playing this really, really safe. And I don't blame them for the play. It's safe. I mean, you know, I kind of, I kind of think they knew with Sonic Forces that, with, with Sonic Forces that no matter what they did, they're going to get shit on by everyone. You're going to have, you're going to get shit on by the fandom and you're going to get shit on by the critics. So, I, I mean, mean, I, I, and again, I've criticized the game as well. I mean, it's not like I'm just defending this because, you know, I, I secretly want to, you know, I think it's great or anything. I mean, I'm going to play it. I'm not going to lie because it looks interesting. It caught my eye. I want to see how far I can, uh, what type of character I can make, you know? And I've, yeah. given it, I've given it shit as well with like the story, infinite, what was it? Some of the cutscenes being meh looking. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm curious to see. There's one review out there. I know every single Sonic fan are, is waiting for because they are the big. I would say they're there's they are Sonic Team and Sega's biggest criticisms criticizers is IGN. Oh, they're gonna trash this game. I can already tell. Well, again, what was it? Um, what is it? Um, their most recent review that went up, I think like three days ago, they did the review on the Bugsy um, game, and they gave that a 4.5. So I swear to God, if it does more, if they give a, a lower score to this game than the Bugsy game, I'm literally, I'm going to flip my shit. And the Bugsy game wasn't even that bad. Like, I've seen no. gameplay footage of it, and it's actually really decent. What do I mean? This is the same company that basically gave the other platformer that came out, like, on the same day called um, Super Lucky Tales. You know the Xbox exclusive game they did. Um, oh, they did Fox Tail, Fox Tail, or whatever the fuck they're calling it. I don't even know. Yeah, they gave that a five, <laughs> but surprisingly, they gave um, Super Mario Odyssey a ten, which is saying as a masterpiece. Which okay, <laughs> I mean, it's it's Mario. It it, it, it works, but. I don't know. I I'm just uh, I'm a ten is just like going way too far because it's a good game, but ten. I don't know. That's that's pretty much what they're giving it. Because again, but, to me, like when you give something a ten, it's flawless. Like literally, it runs perfectly. There's no bugs, nothing. And I know that's bullshit because I've seen glitches of of, of uh, Mario Odyssey videos on YouTube. Okay, so yeah, you know. <laughs> What is it? The last, the was it from IGN? I think the last Mario game they gave a ten out of ten was Super Mario Galaxy Two. Oh, from that, my was, that, that was horrible. That was a fucking cash grab of a sequel that 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 was just poorly put together. But again, IGN is like ten out of ten. It's Mario. It's just one. It's one of those things. A lot of the game companies don't want to upset Nintendo. 
that's that that my honest opinion on it. But getting back to Sonic, um, yeah, um, I'm not surprised. Is the whole Sonic Sonic cycle repeating itself a little bit? Sadly. Yeah, I mean when it's done because. Again, I, I know it's stupid to complain about the Sonic fans now because it's been so many years now. It's been like 10 years since since fucking Sonic 06 and all that drama and all that shit. But I'm I'm really getting tired of the same shit all over, over and over again where it's like, I get it. You guys don't like modern Sonic. You guys want uh, a new development team to work on the new the newest games, okay? You don't want 3D. 3D doesn't work, yada, yada, yada. But I've seen the other side of the fandom recently that actually likes the modern Sonic and actually likes the 3D games. Yeah. And, um, you know, you're, you guys, you know, the purists are just ignoring that other side completely. Like, these games sell for a reason. Yeah. Even, it's, it's, again... You look at, like, I, I mean, I'm going to be brutally honest here. I think the only two objectively bad games, I'm talking about objectively bad uh, modern Sonic games, are Sonic 06 and Sonic uh, Boom, Rise of Rise of, Rise of of Lyric. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, because, this is what I mean, it's like Sonic 06 was a complete disaster because of the fact that basically it didn't help that it was rushed out the gate because they wanted, they wanted to meet Sonic's 15-year anniversary. Didn't help that Yuji um, Naka left the company halfway through development that thing, and then they decide to split up the departed teams to work one on Nintendo and one to work on the thing. It, that was a complete disaster, and everyone knows it. <laughs> you, you know, you just need to follow, just go back and look at the history of the development of that game. That game was a complete disaster from start to finish. Um, Sonic the Rise and Lyric... That's more Sega and Sonic Team messing around a big red button, unfortunately. They pretty much, again, this was the only time I think I, I'm going to agree with people and say Sega, Sega and Sonic Team were in the wrong because they alienated the development team they hired to develop the game. Because they didn't tell them, they didn't tell them about the exclusive deal they did with Nintendo at the time when they had to promise that three, three original Sonic games for were console. And they managed to get out one of those deals by doing Sonic and Mario at the Olympics. I, I tell you, that deal fucked them over big time. I know, and that's what pisses me off. It's like, because the, the Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3 didn't get a good send-off Sonic title. The no. last Sonic title for the, for those systems was Sonic Generations. Yeah. And that and was you, it. <laughs> yeah. And that, that exclusive dealership did hurt Sega in the wrong run because... Because basically, if they could have released that Sonic Boom Riser lyric game onto, um, onto, um, use the original engine they wanted to, because when you saw the original gameplay footage, you saw original stuff that leaked on Line, I think earlier last year, it looked like a very completely different game graphically and gameplay wise. It looked like a, a demo for the, for the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Yeah. That's not saying that's a bad thing, because they were. They were betas and test demo. And if those were betas and just um, test reels and stuff like that, imagine what they could have done with a full-size game finished and completed on that original system. 
I mean, for fuck's sake, they were using the cry engine for God's sakes. Look at Crisis, okay? And then yeah. look at and look at how fucking beautiful that game looked. Even on like last gen consoles, it looked great. Oh yeah, god yeah. And and you're telling me they couldn't. Ugh. The Wii U wasn't powerful enough. They couldn't mm-hmm. handle, handle the cry engine. Yeah, because it was only like what seven twenty. Like it didn't, yeah, it didn't that, go yeah. full. It didn't go full ten eighty. Yeah, it can only manage two seventy. And apparently, they said something about the processor wasn't powerful enough to process the graphics either. Yep, so they couldn't use that. So, and Nintendo sure as shit wasn't going to give any of their resources to them. So, fuck. <laughs> yeah, that would mean was it? I think the Switch at the moment. I think they're saying that's on par to when the PlayStation. Four got released or something like that. They were saying when it first got released. Yeah, but but at the same time, I looked at the file sizes between between Sonic Forces for the Switch and Sonic Forces the PlayStation Four. Sonic Forces on the PlayStation Four is much bigger. Yeah. So I'm guessing they cut a lot of content. Have, have you seen the graphic comparison between the Switch and the PlayStation Four version? Yeah, I can see the differences. Yeah, they're massive. They really are massive. So, still even then, the Switch has incompatibility with some some of their games. And I know, I know a lot of Nintendo purists. And I, I know one, unfortunately. Um, he's a good friend of mine, though. But um, he, he, his ideology with Nintendo is that Nintendo don't need anyone else, but they kind of do. Well, I mean, they're a console maker, and console makers need third-party support. I'm sorry, but most of the most of the most of the hardcore gaming f- gamers come from third-party. Like ex- exclusives are nice, but exclusives don't put food on the table. I'm sorry, because if that was the case, then then uh, then my- Sony and Microsoft would have shat out tons of exclusives for the 360 and PS3, but they didn't because. They knew not everyone was gonna get get that console. Yeah, exclusives are that bonus shit. Like, okay, yeah. you you bought our console. Here's here's a here's a prize for you for buying our console yeah. that you can't get anywhere else. Yeah, that way. I think with Nintendo, I think their relationship with third party developments is lacking a little bit. I think the only companies I can think off the top of my head that they are quite friendly with is Ubisoft and. Sega to some degree. I think Ubisoft, Ubisoft saved their asses with, when it came to the Switch. Oh, God, yeah. But, I mean, look how well Mario and Raven Rabbits panned out. Because they... You don't want to know why that... You want to know why that game did so well? Because it's a third-party game. It was developed yeah. by a third-party company. And Miyamoto actually finally got off his ass and said, You know what? I'm going to let someone else develop a game based on intellectual properties. Yeah. And apparently, what is it? When, um, was it? When he went to visit Ubisoft with a couple of Nintendo executives, apparently they were really, really shocked at how well their models were. Presuming that when they first visit, they gave none of their assets to Ubisoft to begin with in the first place. And Ubisoft doesn't even need that shit because Ubisoft can shit out in all really good looking games. Yeah, I mean, Ubisoft, I will arguably say, with their faults, they know how to turn out a good game <laughs> now and again. 
It's actually a good-looking game, for that matter. Have you seen the newest Assassin's Creed? Holy shit, that game looks beautiful. Oh, yeah, it does. Yeah, what I mean, it's like, they can make a pretty-looking game. It's probably the best thing I could say. It could look really, really pretty. It might be buggy, but it does look pretty. Yeah, Watch Watch Dogs 2. Not a great game, but... Damn it, it's, it's pretty. <laughs> I'll give it that. <laughs> what, what was that Assassin's Creed game that had the really bad um, bugs in it when it first came out? Oh, Unity. But, I actually played that one. It's horrible. I mean, it looks pretty, but my god, the bugs on it were horrendous. Even the patch, the patches did nothing. The patches, uh, they do nothing. <laughs> yeah, but dude, I, I, I love the mode when basically there's nothing but their eyeball and their mouth and their teeth. That oh, mode is amazing. I saw that. That creeped me the fuck out. <laughs> no, um, my my version, I played it on the P- PS4, and um, I didn't run into a lot of graphical problems. I mean, I did see a couple NPCs, like, going through walls and shit, but nothing really game-breaking until one mission where I had to go into a church, sneak into a church, kill a guy, and then leave. I go yeah. in, kill the guy... Leave, and then I get stuck in the wall. <laughs> it was at that point I turned off the game and never played it again. Yeah. Well, I mean, speaking of game-breaking bugs like that, um, I don't mean it's like going just time back to Sonic, but, um, well, I mean, when Sonic Mania first came out, that had a bunch of game-breaking bugs. Oh, and that was like, what? You get in, in walls with Knuckles and Sonic and Tails. Oh, yeah, I saw <laughs> The amount of times I'm stuck in the wall with knuckles. Oh my god. Oh yeah, I I, I love I love people called it like I love I love what people said about about it in the reviews like the game is great, but don't play as knuckles because knuckles fucking breaks the game. <laughs> no, well the other one which really annoys me is knuckle. Before they did the most recent patch, before they did the patch to turn into your super form, the one with knuckles. Every time you try to glide with him, he just turns into super. If you got all the chaos emeralds, each time you try to bloody glide. Knuckles is just like that character who's just gonna break every game now. He broke, he broke Sonic, uh, Sonic Boom, and he broke Sonic Mania. <laughs> uh, Knuckles is pretty much break. He's I, he's one of these breakout characters at the moment. He breaks the internet. It's my <laughs> best for him. I love, I love, um, I love, I, I love. Uh, what was it? The guy who one of the showrunners who worked on who works on Sonic Boom actually said that that Sonic's glitch in, in Sonic Sonic uh, Boom the game is canon on the show. That is amazing. I mean, that's I, I love that Boom cartoon. That Boom cartoon's amazing. I'm hope I'm really hoping. I know it's not going to happen, but I'm hoping to get renewed for a third season. Come on, Sega, please renew it for a third season. We'll wait and see, but um. But no, Sonic Forces, I think that uh, until it gets fully released, which is That's essentially tomorrow. tomorrow yeah. we're, we're not going to know. <laughs> and I'm just going to, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually going to play it because, um, again, this is the first Sonic game, game that came out that isn't exclusive to a fucking Nintendo console, which thank fuck, because I was getting tired of not being able to play, you know, modern Sonic games on on uh not on anything except for the Nintendo console because I just hated that exclusive exclusivity deal that they did. I don't know why they did it. I know that they thought it was good for business, but it wasn't. No. I mean, I, I can I can see in hindsight why they did it because at the time that when they were making their Sonic games, the most it sold on 
was Nintendo at the time. I can understand that. But I think they learned from that now, not to do that again with any company. Yeah, it's just so stupid because, like I said, Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3 owners wanted a good send-off game to, to their console with Sonic, but we didn't get it. Yeah. And now it's like this is the first, you know, new 3D Sonic game for uh, for a console that isn't Nintendo exclusive. And I actually want I'm interested in playing it because I want to see what what they what they um what they did with it. And I'm I, I mean, I remember I remember really liking Generations, except for the fucking Egg Dragoon fight. That fight can go fuck itself. I fucking hated that boss. Have you ever tried to beat that on hard mode? God, no. What am I, a masochist? I did. Oh my god. I got my ass kicked so many times on that boss fight. I couldn't beat it on normal, dude. Like, no, I, I mean, it's... <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, I beat it. I beat I beat the game, but, like, I, I had trouble beating it on normal, dude. I can't imagine trying that thing on fucking hard. Oh, it is insane on hard. I mean, the only thing, bad thing, the really bad... If if I have the nitpick with Sonic Generation, I think the the one thing I did not like about that game was the final boss. I thought the final boss was lacking. Oh, you mean just hold down a button and just move in a straight line? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it was one of those moments when I sat down. Like the Sonic O Six box boss had had more dimensions than this, and that boss was glitchy as fuck. Yeah, the final boss in Sonic 06 was glitchy as fuck, but my god, that had more dimensions and more of a pattern. You have to learn to beat it than... Yeah, because I remember beating that for the first time, like, that's it? All I did was hold a button and and move in a straight circle. Yeah. (laughs) Move straight, straight forward, and just, like, catch up to him, and then you'll just automatically hit him. Like, don't even push anything. You'll just automatically hit him. It's impossible not to hit him. Yeah. If you run out of rings, that's pretty much how that fight goes. But you'll never run out of rings because you, you it's just a straight circle. It's just a straight line you have to go through, collect all the rings, and you, you're just done. I, I, I have seen video footage of people running out of rings on that boss fight. Well, you suck then. <laughs> I mean, I'm curious with Sonic Forces with one other thing as well, with the DLC um, episode Shadow. Was that free or was that... Um... It's going to be free downloadable content for the game for launch alongside the game. So if you pre-order the game, you get get the DLC for free. That's cool. And apparently, it's, the story acts as a as a prequel to it. Professionalism. <laughs> oh God, I'm sorry. Sorry, that was um, that was hilarious. Just talking midway through and then just call. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening, guys. And he has to go, so thanks for listening. We'll see you later. Bye-bye.